This is Keith Coogan from Adventures of Babysitting. And don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And you're watching and listening to Awesome 80s Podcast. Rock and roll! <laughs> You're on the other side, Rick. Awesome 80s podcast. Awesome! Totally awesome! You're not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe? I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! It all starts here. Don't fuck with the Lords of Hell. Yeah! If it bleeds, we can kill it. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. You're gonna see some serious shit. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? No, no, lady, we go for white. You guys want to go see a dead body? Why? Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome 80s Podcast. This is Michael. This is Lawrence. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Hey, how are you? How are you, Glenn? I'm disturbed. Every time I say my name, you cuss me out. Uh, what did it I fe- do? It felt as if there was a dramatic pause for everyone. Everyone deserves a dramatic pause, especially I thank you for thinking of me when, for the dramatic pause. Was I not supposed to dramatic pause? Uh, dramatic, it's a dead air. That's dead air. People are going to switch to a different podcast, Glenn. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Jesus. I don't... Why don't you just go to work at WNBC <laughs> with that bullshit? Hey, this is a new era. This is not your radio. You're down the dial. Uh, we've been, uh, we've been, I, I don't want a good, uh, we, as your podcast host, we've been, I, we've been working pretty hard to bring you quality, uh, programming. Uh, having said that, uh, we did not watch a movie this week or we're not talking about eighties pop culture thing. We're going to talk about, uh, our top that spring for 2017. Yeah. It breaks down like this is we haven't had time to breathe. Uh, and we're not stopping. Uh, you, you getting, uh, by now, you've hopefully already heard the Diane Franklin episode. Uh, the episode before that was uh, Miss Jackie Havy. And then after that, we got the Smoke Show, Kevin Smokler. And uh, then another very special guest, uh, an author who people are reaching out to us, Michael. They're saying, I have, I have knowledge of the 80s and products to promote, and your show is to do it on. And at some point, we just got to say we can't do it anymore. We can't do. <laughs> we have a platform for people but right now. we're not now. at that point right now. We have a platform for people right now. Plus, we're talking to each other right now. So right now, this is, we are producing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have people have been reaching out to us. We're more than happy to uh, do what we can to promote their uh, 80s-centered uh, products. Uh, we also have an episode coming up with Superfan Josh that we're excited about. Uh, this is the a essay, man who essay in, contest winner, Josh. Yes. Essay contest winner, Josh. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, made a suggestion of one, which everyone can do. Uh, hosts. We're not going to We're not going to listen. We're probably not going to listen, but you can suggest. Yeah, you can go to the Facebook page. Uh, you can go to the Twitter. 
Uh, and then us hosts at awesome I think is our uh, email address. Listen, people, we've made you, promises. Ways- we've made promises months and months and months ago to bring you no way out and months and months and months ago to bring you over the top and you can cut us some slack. We're going to give you our uh, top that for spring 2017. I don't think they're mad at us. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe. They, well, if this is our first episode, they'll be like, thought these guys were awesome. We, you know what? We are awesome. But we're not going to talk about the 80s right now. Can we talk about why you're indoors wearing a baseball hat and in coat? I've, or I'm sorry, a stocking hat. I, I, was, outside I was taking my hat. mandatory afternoon nap. And my wife opened all the windows because it was warmer today. And then it got super cold. But she still left the windows open. So I'm freezing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So have you been watching... Uh, shows that are made for television recently. Have you have you been watching any of those? Dancing with the Stars. No, nope, not talking about no, that. No, no. What 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 do you? I mean, maybe. About? No, I am not. Go ahead. Well, I've been binging a lot uh, recently uh, on on shows, uh, and I have come across some real gems. And I thought we could start by talking about some of that. Uh, now I call you. And I say, hey, this show is great. You should watch it uh, about twice a month. And then you, usually the response is, yeah, I really like that show. And I'm like, well, how, I just found out about it and watched the whole season in a day. Why didn't you tell me about it? It's a one-way street is what I'm saying. But I discovered Crashing on HBO crashing. Uh, with starring Pete Holmes. Crashing. What? Okay. Is it Crashed? Crashing. Okay. All right. I've heard, I've heard of that. You watched it. You told me. Yeah, you watched I watched it. the whole thing. Yeah, it's eight episodes. Uh, it's on the HBO. Uh, they're about a half hour long, uh, twenty-five to thirty minutes. Sometimes thirty-three minutes. I have to say, from a show perspective uh, about stand-up comedy, it's the best show I've ever seen. Because he, I, I, we talked about this when you're like, "Hey, let's talk about this show." I'm like, yeah, I watched the whole thing, but. It, it, him as a stand-up comedian, he's not good yet. He's still. Pretty shitty. On the show. On the show, yeah. He's uh he's a uh, he's on Doug Loves Movies podcast a lot. He's on some other people's podcasts. Like, uh, how well, did this get made? He has he's his been, own. He has his own. He's the the guy. He's known for his annoying laugh. He's very loud and annoying laugh. He's he's very entertaining. He did have a talk show for a, a small time on Comedy Central. Is that what it was? No, TBS. TBS. He was right. uh, under. He was a Conan Co. A Coco production, and uh, it didn't last terribly long. And I didn't watch it. And then afterwards, like a- after it was off the air, that's when like everyone's like, "Oh, I can't believe it's off the air. That was such a great show." And I was like, "Well, if you would have said something beforehand, I would have maybe watched it. And then I- then maybe if enough of us did that, it still would have been a show." But it seemed like it was like everyone's like little secret who like found it and they didn't want to share it. And then ultimately it was taken away from them. This, uh, this, but yeah, he has a, a podcast called You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes you made it weird. Uh, on the Nerdist Network where his episodes are like two to two and a half hours. And he gets really deep into emotions with his uh, famous guests. It's pretty interesting. Well, they talk about it a little bit on the TV show, how he was uh, raised like a born again Christian. And then it just him coming to re- like him finding his place in the universe, like asking bigger questions. Like it's not just about him being a stand-up comedian and, and crashing on fam- other famous comedians couches. Like he's, a, it's a little deeper. It's pretty good. It's, it's up there with Louie. Like, I think he's one of the producers as well. 
He is. Uh, I would say that. So yeah, you basically just said it. The, the premise of the show is he's just starting out in stand-up comedy. Uh, we won't go like to the whole you know synopsis, but the premise is he's just starting out in stand-up comedy, and by happenstance, he runs into different famous comedians who play themselves, and he crashes on their couch each episode. And at first, I thought like when I heard that premise, I was like, oh, so they're just gonna play like an amped up version of them. It's just gonna be like th- him and them, uh, like kind of like his podcast. But no, it's not like that at all. It's it's almost has like an orgasmo feel where it's like an outsider uh, to a business, like trying to make it but knows nothing about it, and yet St- it's kind of naive. Stunkcock, stunkcock, Chota boy, Chota boy. <laughs> but uh, in reality the show's a lot different than that too. I mean, there's a, there's so many elements to it. I just, it's on HBO. If you don't have HBO, someone, you know, has an HBO go password. I promise you, uh, get it, watch it. Uh, I think it's worth your while. If you, Uh, if you don't, your parents probably do and they haven't figured it out yet. So you can be a hero and figure it out for them and then also steal it at the same time. Right. Uh, so I asked you if you had any shows. Do you not have any shows? Because I have like five I want to talk about. Um, but, uh, they had the. Do you just want me to talk about? They had the season three opener for the leftovers. Mr. Rizzo p- pointed this out to me, longtime listener. Uh, but I think it was season three, not episode Anthony. two. Um, for the leftovers, and they had the Perfect Strangers theme song. For the entire, I apparently there is a perfect strangers undertone in this television program, The Leftovers. I think it's episode two. They make a reference to it, uh, episode two or three. And then I was told later on there's another reference later on with um, Brian, the host of uh, the former host of Drunken Zombie Podcast. Um, I'm 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 not saying I'm into it. It's, uh, I will watch it just because of the commitment they've made to the to Perfect Strangers. I'll at least get to that point. Um, it's a little bit like lost a little bit, a little bit like walking dead a little bit like the main character is a police chief. Um, I, I enjoy it. I would recommend the leftovers. It's very sci-fi oriented. Um, it, it Glenn. So how much, how much, how much have you watched of this? Uh, I'm through episode four. Oh, okay. That's good. That's four episodes more than you were 24 hours. Show, so, yeah. Um, it just, uh, it really hit me. I'm like, well, is it serendipity? Is it luck? What is it? I mean, after we went to a game one of the NL divisional series between the Cubs and the San Francisco Giants, we were walking down the streets of Chicago just singing the Perfect Strangers theme to each other. Well, maybe I was singing it. And you're like, just kind of pandering to me, but I was definitely doing I, that. I, I'm pretty, we were both fucking singing it. Don't <laughs> take that away from me. But it just felt like, I mean, if this is in my heart, it's in my soul. If this, I mean, obviously. It's a little bit of heart and soul. Sorry. So obviously it's in the zeitgeist or whatever, but I'm like, if they've made a commitment, the Perfect Strangers theme song, as well as I have, when I mow my wiffle ball field and I think about nothing's going to stop me now, I'm going to watch this program. Well, you also posted an article last week where they just met the Larry and Balky just like, connected for the first time in like 30 years. Yeah, they had years. Uh, a lot of clicks on our Facebook page via Balky and Cousin Larry. I could not believe that uh, we had that much traffic for, for just to repost somebody else's article. <laughs> but I, it's hard to imagine that they would not. I think uh, Cousin Larry kind of went private. 
Yes, Marklin Baker kind of kept to himself. Yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've seen Balky and other stuff. Yeah, he's been in lots of stuff. He's been, been in tons of stuff, uh, but it, it's kind of cool seeing him back together. True romance. Yeah, he was the guy doing coke in True Romance. <laughs> yeah, uh, Back to the Future three. I'm sorry, not Back to the Future. I'm sorry, Beverly Hills Cop three. What what is and this maybe sage? One? What is this sage? It sounds like a detergent. Hmm. Uh, okay, so my next one is one that uh, unless you have took my advice last week and started watching it, you have not seen yet, and that is called Billions. Billions. Uh, it is on. It's on Showtime. Uh, this show, like, how do you tell someone you haven't seen The Wire? Like, The Wire is this this classic show, like instant type classic show. And I haven't seen it. Have you ever watched it? I've never seen The Wire either. I, I'll tell you. But, you tell me. Glenn, I haven't seen The Wire. Well, here's the thing is neither of us has seen it, so there's no judgment. <laughs> yeah. But if you say that to someone who's watched it, they give you a look. Like, you're less than them. And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, I've watched every TV show possible <laughs> because I didn't see The Wire. And it's not that I don't want to see The Wire. I do. And I do have the means to see it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Hey, hey Glenn. Sometimes thanks, thanks for I take help, breaks. Thanks for helping provide me with the means. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So I just haven't gotten around to it. And one day I will. And but I hate the judgy look that people give me because they've seen it and I haven't. I'm look sorry. at me. I've got All a right. Ni- Glenn has a 98 percent on the test of television. He has seen at least 98 <laughs> percent of everything that's on TV, and that two percent that you love and Glenn hasn't seen, don't bust his balls. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Don't bust my ball. So uh, billions, I think, is could if it keeps going the way it is. Billions could be one of those like uh, once in a generation shows, not once in a generation because we've they're happening more and more. But one of those shows that like everyone's eventually just going to see it's on the Showtime. I only I heard of it, but only recently, like in the past few weeks, like did I hear like what a big deal it's becoming. And like so I'm like, well, I have some time. It seems like an easier watch. Like the wire seems like it's a tough watch. Because you got, you know, it's a bunch of gangster shit happening. But sometimes I'm in places where I watch TV where I can't watch something like that. But with Billions, I, uh, I, can't, I started the first season. I finished it within a couple of days, 10 episodes, I think, 10 or 12. And then the second season's like finishing up now, and I'm caught up. I'm to that point where I have to wait every week for that next episode, uh, which I hate. But it's really good. It's got Paul Giamatti. Uh, and w- it's about a guy. It's w- about a w- guy who made a w- lot of money. WNBC. 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 And also, Dam- uh, Damian Lewis. He's one of the gingers at the meeting. Um, he was also in the Homeland. Uh, it also has Malin Ackerman. She played the Silk Spectre. She's, uh, I think, she's from uh, Sweden originally. Just throwing that out there. For a guy who's never seen it, you sure as hell are interrupting me a lot. Uh, uh, I don't think it. I. Uh, so what's it about? You said it's about. Guys that are rich that don't give a shit. No, so you got Paul Giamatti. He is the uh, he starts out in the first season as the uh, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern uh, or the Southern District, I think, uh, in New York. And then you have uh, what's the ginger's name? You said 
Damian Lewis, Bobby Axelrod. Damian Lewis. Yeah, Axelrod. He plays like the kid from the streets of New York who like self-made millionaire, billionaire. And yeah, he just he doesn't give a fuck. And he just does what he wants to do. And he kind of thumbs his nose at Giamatti. And uh, it's a classic rivalry between them. And it's not the whole show isn't about, you know, good shows start out with like a rivalry, but then they branch out into other stories or good shows start out with a plot point. But even though that plot point's going to keep driving the show, you know, then the, the stories spin off from that. And that's what this show has done a really good job of doing. Uh, I just, it's really interesting because a, you learn a little something about the stock market, which has always been confusing to me. Trading, trading places just always confuses me. Uh, like they sit, they sit, the stuff they teach you about it, they simplify it down because, but they're not trying to teach you. They just need you to follow along. And so they do a good job of making it simple to follow. It's, it's really good show. I just, I recommend it highly. If the stock market was like secret of my success, I think I could do well, but it's closer to trading places <laughs> and I'd be more confused. Yeah. I think it's in legality. I think it's even more confusing in trading places, yeah. but billions does a good job of, uh, of kind of toning it back. Uh, I got a couple more, but you may have some. I don't know. We, I mean, I could just keep rolling. Have you, have you started Fargo yet? I'm I'm rewatching season two. Yeah. I I had no. I I got to start over from season two because I had. Have you watched all season two? Oh yeah, yeah. I had no idea about the alien. Like there was other alien stuff in the beginning. I had no. I I had totally missed it. I just thought it was figments of their imagination. Or a little. Anyway, I'm starting over at the beginning of season two, and hopefully, hopefully, I'll be. At like five or six episodes before I start season three because I hate just this, this postmodern television viewing. We want to watch I it know. all. We want to watch it all right now. So with Fargo, we've done a pretty good job of banking five or six before we start a season. Uh, as we're recording this, episode two is currently on, uh, just as when we recorded last week, episode one was currently on. Uh, so yeah, we have some banked. Uh, we, we, well, we're banking... Uh, last week's and this week's uh i don't know how long will last though there's also that excitement about wanting to watch it but then once you watch it then you have to give in to the man's uh timetable which i hate doing uh one show that i really enjoyed not giving into the man's timetable is a little show called the ranch uh are you from have you seen this show at all you know who else loves the ranch clint who's that uh my dad he loves the ranch does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can ask him about it. He loves it. I think him and Sam Elliott I with their mustaches it. and everything. I think they, I think he likes yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, uh, I never gave the show a second thought, even though I got emails from Netflix about it all the time. And then a couple of weeks ago, up early on a Saturday morning and comedy central is replaying that 70 show. I enjoyed most of that 70 show in its first run, but never have really given that much of a much of a thought either. Uh, but then like I was just sitting there watching it and I'm like, this show is pretty funny. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should give that ranch a try. And I love it. It is. It's a sitcom. It's got some seriousness, but it's funny. It's vol. It's vulgar with language. I'm going to warn you now. This is kids should not be within a hundred yards of the television set. Uh, maybe, maybe more, maybe more, but it is hilarious. Uh, I mean, it's stupid. It's not intelligent. It's stupid, stupid humor. But I can't get enough of it. I'm sad that I'm caught up and I have to wait. 
It's I watched a few episodes with my dad. Um, it seems very sitcom-y, formulaic, but sometimes maybe it feels like home, you know, like, especially like rewatching that 70s show, like it is a formula television show, but I loved it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, it's very sitcom-y, uh, formulaic, yeah, but first we haven't had a misunderstanding episode yet where everyone misunderstands, so that's good for people like wrote a love letter and keep passing it off. Maybe we should have just uh, sat but, down and talked about this now. Uh, but it's nice to have a formula sitcom where they say fuck a lot. And man, do they say fuck a lot in this show. <laughs> I think those aren't they too. Aren't they best friends? Weren't they the best friends on the show? Like in rea- in reality? Yeah. Yeah. In real life, they're like business partners and best friends. Yeah. And, uh, uh yeah, I just binged the yeah. the last. I guess it'd be season three, Silicon Valley, before the next one came out. Because I hate it. Like I started Silicon Valley season three. I watched like the first three episodes, Living by the Man's Rules, and you're just like, okay, is it coming <laughs> out next week? What's happening? And then eventually, you're just like, fuck it, forget about it. I'll wait till the season's over. I'll watch the whole thing. So that's what I did. It's good. It's so, kind of it's got nerdy, funny stuff. It's got uh, that guy from Freaks and Geeks. I love him. Martin Starr. He's yeah, hilarious. he's awesome. So I've only seen it here and there. So I actually went back and restarted season one a couple of days ago. So I'm about five episodes in the season one. I'm just going to go all the way through. Uh, have you watched The Feud or Feud? Um, the Family Feud? No, Feud with uh, about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Oh, no, I have not seen that. Is that any good? It's really good. They just finished this, uh, the season. Uh, it's not for everybody, but if you care like at all about old Hollywood, uh, and Ryan Murphy, his writing could be good or it could be crazy or bad. It it ranges spectrum, but I think he did a really good job on this. And next season, season two is uh, Princess Di and Charles, which I think is going to be awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the feud. It was only like seven or eight episodes. Must have been eight. Um, and Susan uh, Sarandon did an awesome job, as did uh, Jessica Lang. I don't know. I thought it was great. Uh, I thought he did a good job. For a show I wasn't terribly excited to watch, I finished it all uh, right on time, and I'm a big fan of it. I think I'd like it. My mom and my dad were both into movies or television. My mom was really into movies of that era like when i started getting into horror movies she's like you need to see whatever happened to baby jane you need to see hush hush sweet charlotte and she was a big fan of uh, mommy dearest as well like so so, i mean this this would be a show my mom would watch she'd be like she'd be all over this program those two movies are are basically almost the entire plot like the making of those two movies are almost the entire plot of the show Mm -hmm. so she would definitely like it uh speaking of uh, those type of movies uh, and horror movies kind of too. I remembered a movie by watching this here day that I thought maybe we could do sometime. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. It stars Betty Davis from 1980. It was one of Disney's first attempts to make a real life movie. Uh, like a real, like not an anime, but a feature. It's called Watcher in the Woods. Did you ever watch this in grade school? I might have. I know I watched Something Wicked This Way Comes. I might have seen The Watcher in the Woods, but that might be interesting to do, especially like that I, early 80s Disney stuff is dark. Yeah. So this movie was so dark, they pulled it after a week in theaters 
and then like filmed like six new endings and then picked one and re-released it. So I would like to put that on our list if you're okay with it. Because, uh, uh, yeah, it was something I used to – we watched it in grade school, and I just loved it. And so uh, that's just something I'd like to do here coming up maybe next month. Um, is there any other TV shows you're into right now? Uh there are. Did you watch Love at all? Yeah, I'm almost done with the newest season. Uh, so my problem with the first season was that I just hated the characters. Like, I liked the show. I liked the writing. But the characters were despicable. And I thought they did a really good job in the second season of identifying that and softening them. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Daniel, uh, not Daniel Stern, Daniel, uh, he plays the dad. He comes into He's got an idea for Uber. <laughs> Isn't Daniel yeah. Stern? Yeah. God. Yeah, it's Daniel Stern. Daniel yeah. Stern. He goes, he's got, and no, it's like Uber, but just you get like a mint, right. and you get a bottle of water, and you get a place to charge your phones. So he's like, Dad, that's Uber. It's like, no, it's not, it's not Uber. Right? Uh, I, I'd, I'd recommend yeah, Love. It's funny. kind I of thought, a darker I, love story. Yeah, I, I, it's got some realism to it. They go out of their way to not be your normal sappy love, like TV love story, which is nice. But they've definitely made the characters more likable. Still not like warm and fuzzy people. But the first, she was just so evil, and he was just such an idiot. And the, the first season it was like, I like the show, but I hate the people I'm supposed to have some sort of like a feeling for it felt like the best character was the best friend, the Australian girl. Yes. She, uh, she's funny in season two. I think she's pretty funny. I don't just throw that around. I don't Uh, think people are funny unless they're not, they're funny. Right. And she's a woman. So it's especially, uh, (laughs) tough for her to be funny. My daughter, my daughter's, my daughter's going to be a woman and she's funny every day. Hey, is it, this isn't me saying she this. lets I'm me know every time she farts. She lets me know every time there. she has a booger, and I think it's hilarious every time. <laughs> da 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 booger, booger. <laughs> uh, uh, there's another movie I'd like to maybe do soon too, called Hero at Large with John Ritter. Are you familiar with this movie? Why did, do you want to start a separate John Ritter podcast? Is that something you'd be interested in doing? No. Okay. <laughs> Which one's Hero at Large? Uh, he's, uh, I have it on DVD from like years ago because we used to watch it as a kid with my dad. He is a uh, like a supermarket superhero or like a, a mall superhero. And then he ends up like after work like saving some people's lives in a burning building. And then like he like keeps up the appearance as if he is like a superhero. And like, I don't know, it's like, it takes place without a world like where we live, where there are no actual superheroes, but, but like by him saving someone in costume, like the world thinks maybe he is actually a superhero and he loves the attention and it kind of changes him as a person. And he's got to deal with the fact that fact, I don't know. I haven't seen it in 25 years, but it's something I'd like to watch again. I think I do remember seeing that. Now that you said you, you described it, I'm I'm down for it. It sounds like an amazing, amazing movie. I'm just trying to. I know. Here's the thing, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. There's all these like big t- movies we haven't done yet, but we like to also find the hidden gems that you people don't haven't seen or don't remember, and maybe have them seek them out to find them. And that's 
it's, uh, it's kind of why we started this, to do stuff like that. And, of course, we will cover all the big movies, too. We just got to mix them in and out and find it in something like Hero at Large or Watcher in the Woods or two movies this week. I was like, those are damn decent movies. And maybe they're horrible. Maybe we'll go back and say they're horrible, but that's fun, too. It's fun talking about the horribleness. Would you be okay doing? Uh, would you be okay doing Americathon? Um, John Ritter plays President Chet Roosevelt, and they have the whole thing is a telethon to save America. He plays yeah. the grandson of Theodore Roosevelt. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it of sounds course. so bad. Uh, I gotta see it. Oh shoot! I don't have the name of the movie. Superfan uh, Josh S today loaned me a uh, DVD of a movie. It was a TV movie in the early 2000s with Sharon Lawrence and Mark Paul Gossler and Corbin Bernson where, like, nuclear tests spawn tornadoes. Like, and it's not an official release. Like, this was, like, he had to dig to find, like, someone selling a copy of this. It looks horrible, and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it looks horrible, which is awesome. <laughs> Uh, so do you have any other things you want to talk about? Cause if, uh, once we're done doing top that, if we have time, I'd like to tell a quick uh, story about our lives from a couple weeks ago. Oh, sure. Um, uh, real quick. I did want to talk about the, uh, the shit town USA podcast. Oh, excellent. Um, do you want to get into spoilers or we could put it at the end? What are you thinking? You know, I'd like to not spoil it if possible. Well, how about we talk about just overview and then we talk about shit and we can put it at the very end, at the end of the show. I could cut it and move it to the end if people want to listen. Okay, that's fine. Um, that's fine. So, I mean, it's to me, I like the overview of it. It kind of felt like a story about mental illness to me. Yeah, it's a story where you don't know what's happening. Uh, like from one second to the next, uh, it was really well done. Uh, you know, what? let's, let's just leave, let's tease that. And then we'll just go into the whole thing at the end. Okay. So if you want to hear our review of, uh, of shit town, uh, we'll announce it before we talk about it. We'll say now at the end, this is where we're going to talk about it. I just, I'm, I know it's been out for a while, but people can differently now. And yeah. it's, and it's only, Reality only been out a couple months, and I I'm gonna say this in the non spoiler section. It is highly entertaining. Well, it's about uh, a well, just is, real quick. It's about a guy. He lives in Alabama. Or, yes, and he's unhappy with the town that he lives in. He's unhappy with the world, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of an idiot savant. I mean, he's super intelligent, super well read, very up on the world so much that he's it depresses him like it he cares so much about what's happening all over the world that i literally that uh that would have been a spoiler that i think it really affects him like it really affects him to his very core when bad things happen in the world especially in his shit town that, that he feels like he should have left and never did okay um before we move into uh the uh, uh, previous episodes we wanted to discuss. Um, well, one of our listeners wanted to reach out and get our personal top fives for Eddie Murphy films. Oh, Jesus. Well, I'll start out with mine. Number one, yeah. Va- Vampire in Brooklyn. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> 
I think. Okay, my, I was going to say that is not on mine. No, I think my, my number up. one would on probably one. be uh, Coming to America. Just because you have uh, you say your number one, I'll say my number one. Coming to America. I think it's. Oh, man. Also coming to I think it's so funny. It is perfect movie. It's a perfect, perfect 80s comedy movie. I love it. I love Coming to America. It's my number one. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll go next. My, my number my number two is, and this was a toss-up, but it's Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. <laughs> God damn it. Is that your number two? When we went to Las Vegas that first time, and we tried to get married by, in the Excalibur by Merlin, maybe we should have just, just done it. Maybe we should have just made it happen. <laughs> well, it wasn't legal. It wasn't legal yeah, then. I guess we could have put on a... We could have put on a dress Bugs Bunny style. <laughs> all right. Uh, so my so, number two is Beverly Hills Cop. My number three is right. Trading Places. Don't it. Don't. Damn it! <laughs> That's my number three. Uh, as far as I uh, mean, number four. What do you have for great. number four? Number four, I have Boomerang. Oh, I've got uh, Beverly Hills Cop two as my number four. Okay. All right. And what, then for number, number five, five, number five, I have Boomerang. I have Beverly Hills Cup too. <laughs> <sighs> well, shit. I'll go tell my wife I'm getting divorced. <laughs> I think Dad she is, knows. Daddy's not coming home no more. All right. I think she. Why did you I tell me your name was lucky. Lady Heroin? <laughs> I think she feels lucky that she got that second kid in before you <laughs> left her finally for him. Um, I did. I did want to give a shout out to uh, Harlem Nights. I really liked Harlem Nights. I mean, I don't think it's great, but I really did like it. And honestly, Delirious and Raw definitely affected and formed my childhood comedic. Like, if it—that's how I decided if it's funny. If yeah, those don't. Those don't count. Those though. don't count. But also recently. Um, I guess I really feel sorry for Eddie Murphy with his, him selling his soul to Disney and everything, but a movie came out called Norbit. Have you seen Norbit? Yeah, that's actually a lot better than people would think. <laughs> that's what, I wanted to give a special shout out to Norbit. It is a bad, horrible movie, but it had a lot of moments in there that made me think, man, I do love this Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to 48 Hours. Yeah, yeah. That was my sixth. There's, I there's a new sheriff time. in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I mean, we just reaffirmed what we already knew, that we're perfect God damn for it. each other. Uh, so I think it would be – we're going to tell a little story. Uh, we get a lot of good feedback uh, on our, our, when we go behind the curtain and tell stories – uh, usually they involve trips we took. This one does not. And, but we don't overly do it. And I think that that's part of it. You know, it's not the show about us. Uh, but sometimes things happen. So let's set the scene, if you will. Uh, you're comfortable with this going on record, right? Oh, yeah, I don't care. Do I need to censor anything? No, much event? like Roger Murtaugh, a working class hero from police or from Lethal Weapon Films, his drink of choice is Johnny Walker Red. So, uh, it, for WrestleMania this year, instead of doing our normal tr- guys trip, uh, we decided that we were not going to. So I invited uh, Dre, the Black Cat, and Michael Michael here to over to my house for the weekend. Uh, 
invited different guests throughout. Uh, Superfan Casey was able to come uh, Sunday night. Oh, I know good. you were good not there for that, yeah, Michael. Uh, and we had some uh, MH. Uh, Sunday night was there. And Saturday night, night before, uh, I had in my head, I try not to plan these things anymore, like to the T, because I used to, and then I'd get frustrated because it would never go to plan. But in my head, I had planned the perfect night, and it would all be perfect if we just went by my plan. <laughs> so this time, I decided I'm only going to plan through the first hour and a half of the whole weekend. And that's my only plan I have. And that way, nothing can go wrong uh, as long as that first hour and a half happens. I'm going to be happy. Because like when we did uh, the when we did the Rocky Four, it felt like Glenn's got this whole evening plan, but we just it's free flow. Let's just do whatever, Glenn. But it felt a lot more relaxed. Oh, it felt a lot more relaxed yeah. this time. You felt you greeted us. It was very welcoming. There were you wanted to create an atmosphere where everyone felt welcomed and comfortable. And then you even invited us all to share the stakes that you provided. Yeah. So first. Don't bring up Rocky Four as if that was on me completely. <laughs> First of all, there were two other guys saying the same stuff I was in that room, but not a surprise. I get all the blame. That's fine. <laughs> However, uh, anyway, we'll drop that. That's that's a long time ago. So let's yeah. So all I I I, I am a cook. I like to cook. I like to cook for my friends. Uh, sometimes I like to smoke meats. Sometimes I'll smoke meats. Even if I don't want to, I just like the process of it. I like the, I, I like sharing. I'm very communal like that when it comes to food because I'm fat and I want everyone else to be fat. That's basically it. Uh, so I have recently discovered aged steaks, uh, which are very good. So I bought some aged steaks and some, some twice baked potatoes and I was making my own handmade cheese curd, uh, breaded cheese curds and it was great. Uh, you, however, right as it's about time to get here, you inform me like, Hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'll, I haven't even left yet. And you're, you're about an hour and a half away. And right away, I'm like, don't let this get you down. If Michael can't come, Michael can't come. Like I, I gave myself a talk. It was fine. Uh, and I don't want, want to get you all worked up. I'm sorry. It was fine. Here's my thing, though. Is like you'll tell me something, like you'll drop a bomb, it, but it has more impact because, like, of the negative. Because then you just walk away from it. Like you drop it. I know you're reading my texts, and I'm trying to make joke. I'm trying to make light of it just to make the situation. Now, granted, I also don't know what you're going through at the time, so I'm not like, you know. But I'm jokes, just trying to, you know, it's okay, show you. Hey, it's fine. I'm I'm okay. I'm flexible. Look at me. I'm like one of those stat those car dealership things blowing in the wind. So anyway, uh, I I still make the steaks. Uh, I cook them. I cook the twice baked potatoes. My cheese curds. I tried to air fry them and be healthy, but I cooked them too long, and it was just a giant plate of cheese, which I still ate off of. It was delicious. <laughs> uh, you come uh, not too late, actually, comparatively from where you could have been. Uh, I served you guys dinner. It was delightful. We played. I played with your Bambino, and the plan was is that uh, we the were going to record. The second an she got there, she saw a different child's toys, and she's like, "I'm going to play with those toys," which was great. Hey, anything to distract the kids—that's our motto. So, the plan was the loose plan. I say this loose was to do an old school wrestling podcast episode, and also to do over the top. Uh, Dre wanted us to do over the top first cause he was looking forward to it. We've been promising you the fans over a uh, year that we would be 
doing that episode. And so uh, we get, we're trying to get set up. Uh, we're running behind. Super fan Josh had won that contest, so he was going to come watch the show. Uh, and he was, he was a bit early, but we were way, way late. He was actually just coming to hang out. He wasn't there like to watch us. And by the time he got there, we thought we would be at least be mostly done. We hadn't even started yet. So we have a lot of technical issues, but we start to record the show and I'm sitting next to you and everything's going well. Uh, he's entertained. My father-in-law randomly stops by who I don't even think knew what a, he knew I did a podcast, but that doesn't mean he knew what it was. Uh, he's enjoying it. He's laughing. Everyone's having uh, some beers, uh, except for you. You're drinking Murtaugh's drink. You're drinking the Red Devil. Why? What? What? Which is why Johnny Walker Red? Maybe I had to kill the demons with inside me. I just said maybe okay. we had a little stressful week or, or two. Um, we had I extra, get it. We had extra kids at the house, and you want you want the best for them. You want them to want the best for them. And uh, oh, and just we did talk about the how awesome the steaks were. We like these butter steaks. It was it was it was very delicious. I felt you. pampered. You're like oh, this is nice. I brought brought my overnight bag. I had like a yoga bed mat. I had my uh, I had a pillow, I had a blanket, I had a sleeping bag. I wanted to sleep at the place where I was standing when the Cubs won the World Series. Like I had my I was all set up. I'm like I don't, this is where I'm going to sleep right here. I don't need the couch. I'm prepared. So, I mean, I brought my bag, which is my doorway. Yeah. It's my front doorway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that way, I mean, so I wanna, yeah. Yeah. So this is how the night's going to go. This is the plan. It's going good. We're recording, you know, we're, we're having fun. We're laughing so much. If you haven't checked out over the top part one, please do. So, uh, it was all, so much fun to record. Those are the nights that, you know, like you're like, uh, you know, it was, it was just friends sitting around talking, uh, which is how this whole thing started. Nobody, so, nobody meets you in this world halfway, Clint. No one meets you in this world halfway. So we finish the first part, and Dre, at the very end, uh, on the recording, springs the idea that he has recorded, or he has written a complete script for uh, Over the Top 2, and we are ecstatic. We can't wait to record this. We, we take a break. I, I talked to Superfan Josh to make sure he's having a pleasant experience. He's having a great time. Uh, my father-in-law says, hey, this has been great. I got to get home, but I haven't laughed this hard in a while. Uh, and right, a funny thing, is about a 10-minute break, right as we're about to sit down to record, I noticed that you're not there anymore. You're sitting next to me, but you're not there anymore. What's the last thing you remember? Um, I remember, I remember all kinds of stuff, Glenn. I just remember that bottle. It's probably, I probably had two Johnny Walker bottles, both like two thirds full. Right. Like yeah, one was correct. the one I hide in the garage. And then one was the one I put in my desk just cause it's, it's better than leaving it out on the counter or whatever. And so I just remember the one bottle was empty. I was like, Oh shit. The more I think about it, I'm just like, Oh shit. That's bad. All I had to eat was that steak. And I didn't have any pop. Like, I was going to get, like, a liter of cola or a liter of cherry cola to, to mix. While, oh, oh, God. Um, well, I'll take you through my steps as we, as we went through. I definitely Please. remember the father-in-law there. It was very nice. All I remember was thinking, man, I need something to eat. But, oh, well, I'm going to go find some more scotch. So when I start to notice, and 
I think the only at the time the only two people really noticed were me and Superfan Josh because we both kind of locked eyes and he's just like looks at me like, is this normal? I think it was at a point where like, like, if if I would have gotten like coffee and water just then, I would have been okay. But I needed I did not do that. I went and me and uh, Art got more scotch. Yeah, so you sit down and you like pour yourself another like shot of scotch and you're drinking it and you're you're playing the part of the narrator and you're doing a voice so it's tough to tell if you're actually drunk but then like you would drop it for just a second here and there I'm like oh yeah he's wasted so Josh looks at me and I look and we both realize I need to get that bottle away from you because you now you're on your second bottle so I which I thought at the time was stealthy, but now in retrospect, I realized I could have like pulled a semi truck in front of you. There's, there's no know. way I would. I had no idea what was in front of me at that time. Right. I, I got to that point where I was trying to like when Dre, I, I remember as plain as day, but I got to that point where I realized I was way drunk when Dre was like, read the one in the middle, shoot for the one, try to hit the one that in the middle. Funny. And I'm just like looking at the lines. I'm like, I can't read. I forgot how to read. Yeah. So at this point I've hidden scotch and you then open a commemorative Budweiser that I gave you, uh, as a Cubs thing, but earlier in the day I and refused you, it. You what? I refused it. Yes. Well, I gave it to you as a gift to not, you didn't have to open it, but you open it and you start drinking out of it. And then you go to drop it. Uh, it starts to fall. Now let's set the scene. Uh, I see it basically happen in slow-mo. Josh is across the room and Josh and I are both big dudes and Josh, I don't know if he, he dove and Willie Mays hazed it. I don't know. Basket catch. I don't know what he did, but he like basically stops any spillage from across the room. It was amazing. I wish you could remember it. And basically I'm like, all right, now we're in a bad way. So we limped, through this script like we did a really good job i covered a couple times the biggest problem is you kept losing your pages like you drop them <laughs> and i would be trying to like read one of my five parts and like get you on track and a couple times i just read parts that you were supposed to read because you hadn't read them yet so i was just like well i'll just take over i mean it was it, i totally it was lost something. i lost everything at that moment it kind of felt like i was in a bubble like i could hear i remember hearing everybody i remember seeing everybody but not connected like the audio and the video was not connected in my mind. Um, this kind of seems like something Dre was, is really into right now doing these like all old timey radio narratives. Did you get a chance to do the Eddie Graham's boat thing? Yes, I did for it's their podcast enjoyable. for their podcast, the old school wrestling podcast. He created uh, him and art created or black cat created this uh, at least two and a half hours of like old timey radio setup as if they were the there's the they, they play themselves as if they're wrestling podcasters and they travel to a wrestling museum in Florida and somehow they travel through time. I don't want to they travel through time and then eventually it's there's references to like Star Wars 80s movies Rocky back to the future too. Uh, it is ridiculous and fun. It's called 80 grams boat available at the old school wrestling podcast. I, oh, I think it's fantastic. The, the weird part about that is without knowing that and without them knowing what we're really doing, uh, we've done some improv 
recently on uh, some movies that may or may not exist. We won't discuss which ones. You can figure it out. Uh, where we've just made stuff up and just kind of rolled with it just to like pass the time on trips and stuff. So, you know, I guess when you've been doing this so long, sometimes you just need different outlets. And this script was perfect. Dre did such a great job. It was so much fun to do. Uh, and then right when we finished, you declare to all of us that you are going to go shit in my backyard. In fact, you declare you're going to shit all over my house. You're going to shit wherever you want. Okay. That was, uh, that's the moment. Point? That is the moment I have like five snapshots. And the next thing I know, I'm wearing my underwear in your son's bed. The first snapshot so that- is I'm on the back porch for like a second. And the next thing I know, I'm like dry heaving in your I'm like trying to eat food, but still dry heaving in your sink. Did that happen? Yeah. Okay. So Dre, you Dre kind of walked you to the first part because I wasn't mad at you, but I really felt I didn't know the extent of your drunkenness, and I felt like you were trying more to push my buttons than needed to happen, like in a friendly gathering. Uh, in retrospect, you just didn't know you were doing that, but you were not aware of it. So, and and I wasn't even mad at you that night. I just wanted to make sure you were okay and you didn't shit all over my house. Uh, my son, by the way, was not home. So when you say that you uh, you slept in your underwear in my son's bed, I just want to clarify he was not in it. Okay. Secondly, uh, my re- wife was coming record- home. Where are you she recording at? Where are you recording at right now, Glenn? I'm I'm in my son's room. Okay. Okay. Also, he's not in the bed. <laughs> okay. So. When I, my wife calls and she's like, Hey, I'm going to come home to go to bed. Everything. Okay. And I'm like, Oh God, I got to tell her about Carlson. And so I, I tell her, uh, maybe didn't mention some of it. Cause I, I didn't want to freak her to be mad when I knew I could try to talk you down beforehand, which you did pretty good. Actually. I gave you a pretty serious talk about what I would do to you if you uh, upset my wife. Uh, and you I still want to sit in my yard. Just I don't remember her. that. Yeah. Uh, so Trey and I kind of took turns on throughout the night, babysitting you. We had wrestling on in the other room. So hanging out with the black cat and uh, super fan Josh and Trey and I would kind of tag in and out. So at one point, my wife is in bed. You, I think we knew you were going to the bathroom and we hear a thud. And then like, like three seconds later, Dre, like, once he hears the thud, Dre's all the way, like, running up the stairs. And my wife does not know that. And she goes, Lawrence. And then I'm like, Dre's on it because I'm like, he might have just hit his head and died. So you and Dre are gone for a while. And so, oh, well, yeah, I'll get to that. So I come upstairs to check on you guys. And you, he is having to sit there in the bathroom with you while you are literally trying to poop on the toilet. Uh, and he's like trying to like talk you through it and he just gives me the, he just gives me this look like, I don't, I mean, what am I going to do? He's going to fall and hit his head again. Like, cause you already did that once. And I'm just like, Oh God. So it, also you were very adamant that we ordered Domino's. Uh, we did not want to eat Domino's. So <laughs> I don't like, I don't like Domino's. <laughs> well, yeah, you were like yelling Domino's like, Hey, I'll be fine if I get Domino's. So we did get you pizza cocks. Whoa, 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 like. Glenn, Glenn, uh, the company that produces these pizza cocks, I tried to get them as a sponsor and I prefer us yeah. not to mention, that. but anyway, they're, we won't, uh, we won't say they're, it's like a calzone, but it's shaped like a penis. Right. So we get them. Dre orders everyone pizza cocks, uh, and very nice of him. 
and you try to eat part of one and then you just this was later like that, I, I did go poop no this was actually earlier okay, this was before right. the poop thing I, I went out of order it just kind of popped in my head so then the poop thing so then you're downstairs and you're kind of sitting for a while and you're okay and then i think you go you're, back upstairs so you're not you're not adding anything to this i do not remember any of this yeah no this all happened i have witnesses okay so I go back upstairs to check on you because now you've been gone about 15, 20 minutes again. And you were sitting naked in my shower with the hot water just going on your head. And I said, are you okay? And you said, this is what I do. And I said, I'm going to let you do that. You seem at peace. And so I did not. I do do remember that. I I thought we went up and I laid in the bed for a while. And then I talked to you about what Jake does in his room, which is not appropriate. But what no, every, that was every, later. That's later. But That's every later. teenage boy does That's it. That's later. And then I went then. Right. But I just remember like being in the bed or something. I mean, like, no, nah, I got to take a shower. Yeah. yeah well, no, we'll get to that. It wasn't a shower. You need to use the bathroom again. So yeah. uh, we're not there. So then I go back downstairs. Uh, Black Cat and uh, Josh are getting ready to leave because uh, the wrestling show we've been watching ended. I come back and I'm like, dude, you got to, you're, you're in here like half hour now. You can't use all the water. <laughs> you got to get out. So I help you. You're like, okay, can you help me? And you get up and then I see everything. I see, uh, the bright redness, the, the Frank and the beans. Uh, I saw that and the, uh, the red bush. I saw it all. So <laughs> I, uh, uh I uh, I don't have much body hair anywhere in my body, so I'm not going to just shave it off willy nilly like you. Okay, I got to keep it right. I understand. Okay, I understand. So uh, I get you dried off. I dress you uh, in some underwear. I put you in my son's bed, and then we sit here and I discuss with you why you need to go to sleep up here. And then I come back to check on you, and you're like trying to shower again. You like want to go shower again? And I'm like, why do you need to shower again? And you're like, well, everything's moving. And I'm like, well, let me explain to you that everything's going to keep moving until you fall asleep. You have to soldier through the rocking boat with your eyes closed. It sucks, but the only way to get rid of it is to fall asleep, uh, which, of course, about 2.30 in the morning, you did. Dre and I are just like, there's no way he's getting up tomorrow and, do- and fulfilling the obligations you had the next night. So at 8.30 the next morning, I come to check on you. You, uh, you feel great. You feel so great. You take us out to breakfast. It's like nothing ever happened to you. It was amazing. I thought you were going to die, and here you are alive and being awesome. It was weird. Do you remember uh, we went to that uh, old-timey? It's a new old-timey restaurant. It's probably less than 10 years old. Mary Ann's. Yeah, they used to have – that was the parking lot for that church, like our entire lives. You remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an okay place, but they didn't have a light on in the bathroom. I'm like, am I hungover? Is this happening? Am I still drunk? Is this light bulb work? <laughs> I went and confirmed because I also had used the bathroom. There was no light on in the bathroom. Okay. But otherwise, the service was great. The food was great. I mean, it was good for what it was. We weren't, you know, wasn't fine dining. I'm, I'm sorry. We also... I'm sorry I put everybody through that. I apologize. I did not. You know, for... actually, you know what? It didn't really. I mean, it affected like what we did that night, but not in like a bad way. It just, it was just a change of course. And now we'll always have that to hang over you. So <laughs> it's perfectly fine. I guess. I mean, uh, usually it, when I decide, like when I plan to drink, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop every half hour and eat something. So I don't end up trying to well, poop somewhere. 
let's put it this way for people who, you know, obviously don't know us personally. If I would get that drunk, no one would have batted an eye. I would have just taken care of myself and then moved on because I've been there a lot. But I also don't get that drunk a lot because I have that experience. You, on the other hand, are not someone who normally drinks a lot. And therefore, uh, it was surprising. Uh, I mean, I think I've before. I think I've drank that much as far as beer before, like as far, but as far as like hard alcohol, that was a lot. That was a lot, lot. You drank a lot of hard alcohol. Yeah. So here's where we're at now. Uh, you're gonna edit this out real quick. Uh, we need to either need to discuss S Town in like five to seven minutes, or we need to save it because I I gotta give Jake his room back at some point. Well, it, it's just a couple minutes, I think. Okay, good. So let's. So I'll I'll bring this back in. Okay. Okay. So here's where we're at. That was our WrestleMania story. Uh, not as crazy as some of our WrestleManias, but definitely in, different and interesting and fun. And uh, I'm glad that we had that experience. And next year we'll be in New Orleans for WrestleMania. So who knows what will happen? Uh, but we did make a promise to some of you. Listeners. All right, editing. Let's let's wrap up the show, and then we'll put that as okay. after the wrap. All right. Well. Okay. So let me. Let me yeah. You want to go? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is Michael and Lawrence. Hopefully, uh, we've got special, very special episodes coming with you, coming at you. We'll we'll hopefully get some movies and stuff going, but we've got some special guests and we got some fun topics to discuss. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This is Michael. Uh, this is Lawrence. Remember, if you want to hear our. Uh, our brief discussion on S town stay, stay there after, uh, the, we wrap this up and we will throw that on at the end. But if you don't want to be spoiled, then, uh, this is Lawrence and Hey, you know what? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Everybody. Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. It's Miller time! Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Just uh can you find can you find something to read? Crashing billions, watcher in the woods, hero at large, the ranch, feud, your mother. Your mother is so sweet. I think she's kind of neat. I want to be your stepfather. Anyway, that is town. It's full of mysteries. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So we have John uh, from Alabama. Uh, John's crazy. He, I, I don't want to give like the the. If you're listening to this, you know the history of it most likely. But just in case, uh, John thinks a murder has been committed in his small town. He kind of bugs NPR, and he starts bugging him before cereal was even a thing. Like, 
before Cere- the first season of Serial was out because this goes back a few years. Well, kind of felt like but anyway. He, he starts kind of felt like he was reaching out to anyone, anyone who could listen anywhere, like Delilah or like some late night, just anyone who could listen, <laughs> like anyone, like anyone who will listen to him talk. Like that's what he was doing. Yeah. So he he finally, after like a year of trying, he gets a, some correspondence from a producer uh, at NPR, and they start going back and forth, and this guy. As finds John fascinating as of course, if you listened, you probably did too. Like you either, here's the thing. And this is why I think they released them all at once. You were either in like after episode one, I was on the fence. Uh, but if I would have had to wait another week for episode two, I may or may not have come back. Mm-hmm. The fact that episode two was sitting right there and I could start it by the end of episode two, like I was in, like, I'm like, I don't care what road they turned me on. And man, they took you on some roads, right? Ep- ep- episode two ends and the main character's dead. Yeah. Uh, so we have, like I said, if you're listening to this then you most likely know the stories, but it's basically, you have a lot of these crazy Southern and I don't want to say that they're uneducated because they're Southern, but they seem to the most part with the exception of John, be a lot of uneducated people. Well, uh, his cousins, his cousins seem very, very well educated, but everyone else on the periphery didn't. Yeah, and they, but his cousins kind of got out too. Yeah, yeah, you know, like grow up there. They they got out. Now, did you feel like the cousins were made to be heels in the beginning, like after the first couple episodes? Yeah, or like were they, had, they had the to first make, couple? You got to have some bad guys, so they made them into the bad guys, and then uh, who's the who's his um, his surrogate son, the one that he. Uh, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Well, he said, I mean, they say, obviously they've got like a platonic love for each other and you're not, you're not sure. I mean, who's pushing who? Like, obviously he did kill himself. Like they, they kind of asked that question. Like they've got one, one of the people like, Oh, I'm sure somebody cheered him on to kill himself. Like, no, I think he definitely killed himself. And yeah, absolutely. I guess I've got questions. Why like, do you think he, Oh, sorry. I guess you go. So who, does he did he have gold and who has that gold? Okay, I was also going to ask why do you think he killed himself? Which goes in my theory goes along with the gold. I don't think he had gold anymore. I think mm-hmm. he ran out of money, and that was it for him. Like he had nothing to lord over people because he would always kind of hold his money up over people. He had nothing to build his crazy science experiments or his mazes and stuff like that. I think he blew through everything he had and he just decided, you know what? Peace out. I'm done. And I think ultimately that's what led him to doing it. Now there's more on top of that that we can discuss, but first what's your theory? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good theory. I, I mean, cause I don't see, cause if Tyler had the money, his, his surrogate son, he would have wasted it somewhere. Like, he would have blown Tyler's not smart enough to have hit it. Yeah, he doesn't know. And then the, the cousins, they wouldn't even be in the picture anymore. They wouldn't. They would be like, no, we got nothing to worry about. Like, they wouldn't. Right, we're yeah. done. So, I mean, and there's... Interviewing me. Yeah. And you could tell, I mean, I don't feel bad for Tyler. I mean, it feels like Tyler's within his right to go steal stuff from the building. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about you see, that? Okay. Okay, so it's that's how, that's the way it, it was made to seem in the beginning, right? But then they, Tyler obviously lied about the school bus yeah. because they had proof he was lying. And towards the the last the beginning of the last act of the of the you know the shows, I felt that it kind of they kind of switched roles. Like the cousins seemed to actually be pretty 
like actually looking out for his mom and they were like, looked like they were actually trying to do the best thing. And I think Tyler feels like he got gypped and the person who ruined Tyler in my mind was Tyler. Cause the more he talked, the crazier he sounded. And like, it was like, Oh, and maybe John had also towards the end realized no matter how I try to glamorize like this relationship and this guy, this guy is a dumb redneck. And especially finding out that John had collected guys like him in the past. You know, he every few years he had a new Tyler. Type yeah, in his he, life. they interviewed a different version of Tyler that was now living in New York. And he the the host talk, took him through like the last moments of his life, how he talked to Tyler on the phone. He had they had a, a fight. And then the next thing you knew, he killed himself. And, and then the surrogate, like the former Tyler, he was like, yep, that sounds like something he would have done. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think I liked Tyler in the beginning, and I was like, yeah, get your stuff back. But the more it seemed, the more it seemed that that was just Tyler also trying to take take advantage of a situation. I mean, everyone's playing an angle in this, including John, you know. But yeah. I don't know. I The thing that I think that they really hit the nail on the head with was the smelting stuff at the end. Like, that's that was all their research. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like that was a theory until they like dug into it. Uh, they being NPR pronouns, pal. Uh, and so I really think that that helped contribute to his depression and mental, Ill- mental illness over the yeah. years was his uh, irresponsible use of fire and metal. Yeah. I mean, obviously he did have some kind of initial mental illness or, you know, anxiety issues or something like that. And, the, the the way that he was treating his mother, it just kind of felt like it was a great garden situation. Like, obviously, he's got mental problems, and she's <sighs> deteriorating, and she was not. I mean, he may have thought she was in a good situation, but she was the mother was not in a good situation. Right. Like, that was one of the weirder and kind of cooler parts, uh, happier parts, I'll say, of this was how she was able to rebound. Like, you know she basically was dying under his care because she wasn't being taken care of properly. And then when the cousins really redeemed themselves for the story's sake of this documentary, uh, podcast documentary was by the fact that they had proof that she was better off with them. Like she was getting out and doing stuff and basically like brought, brought back life into her body that had been gone for a long time. He was quite a character. It was fun just to listen to him talk and do the soliloquies. I'm sure he was very entertaining for everyone when he went and got his tattoos or when he went and visited people in town or when he, you know, had his relationships with like, was, do you think what was him and that military guy? Were they ever intimate? Which one? Are you talking about the guy they interviewed? Yeah. The guy they interviewed. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But they were definitely they were like pen pals. They talked to each other on the phone for hours. Yeah, they and were hours. not intimate. And it kind of felt like but he had been. Sorry, he had been intimate with other guys before. But it kind of felt like yes, it like like it, it felt like he didn't give that opportunity, didn't give that relationship a chance. And what if he would have given that a chance? He would have more to live for. Maybe he wouldn't have been smelting as much. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, just one of those crazy, tragic American stories that we never would have known if it wasn't for the great work of NPR. So I give them a lot of credit. I know they've got a lot of credit, but they deserve all of it. 
I think, uh, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, they're putting, I mean, mental illness, like people can talk about it. We were talking about it on NPR. Everyone, I mean, it is on our, our flagship podcast network. You know, I mean, people need to talk about it. People who need help, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a stigma. People, it should be a reality, you know, especially, I mean, in the world we live in, I mean, there people, there's help out there. People just need to go get it. Who need it? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it was very entertaining, but I mean, I, I'd recommend it to anyone, but it, it is, it does not have a happy ending. No, it doesn't have a happy middle either. You know, I mean, <laughs> it after the second episode. I felt, I, I really liked, uh, the, I honestly did like the middle though. When they talked about him opening up that nursery with his, I guess it was his girlfriend or she thought he, I, I obviously he probably was bisexual at some point or he, you know, everyone's on a spectrum. I mean, as far as like, it was a little straight, everyone's a little gay, but it felt like maybe right. he, he felt cheated on when the girl, he, he started the, the florist or the, you kind of makes me think maybe that's where all his money went also. Well, yeah, I don't think he felt cheated on. I think anytime a friend had somebody, because he did the same thing with Tyler when she got a, when he got a girlfriend. You know, I mean, I just think yeah. he's very possessive, and maybe had things going on in his head that weren't reality. But uh, anyway, that's our thoughts on S Town. If you have any, please send them to us. We can we'd love to discuss them with you or talk about them on the air. Uh, I know it's a podcast talking about another podcast, but hey, we talk about everything that uh, that we enjoy here. Uh, so once again, we'll do uh, unprecedented two outros in the same episode. I'm Lawrence. This is Michael. Uh, stay awesome. Stay this awesome. is Lawrence. I'm going to have to end. God damn it. And bang your mom. I wrote that. You just go around banging people's moms? I'm a motherfucker. <laughs>